In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about the dickiest of dicks, death goddess life goals, and a PSA, don't do a crime, in our discussion of Anna Dressed in Blood by Kendara Blake. With Kendara Blake. Yay! Yay! No one is surprised. I think this is the seventh time she's been on, and I'm pretty sure she's the winner and the queen of all things which you might have heard us talk about at the end of our last episode. Kandara Blake so far is the queen of guesthood on Fictional Hangover. And every time I think of Kandara Blake, I think of a turkey on her head when she joined us for Halloween. Yep, (laughs) it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, I haven't even done the introduction. Hey, everybody. (laughs) It's a good episode so far. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fictional Hangover a podcast about young adult and new adult, and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Anna Dressed in Blood by Kandara Blake. (laughs) Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, I don't care because it came out 10 years ago. So we're spoilers all over the place. I don't even want to warn anybody. But it did just get a nice, beautiful cover, new cover, it's, a 10-year anniversary re-release. It might be. Some it people might be. are late to the party. That's right, like us. Well, not me, because I read it when it came out. But anyway, if you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Really read it. It's better. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Uh, I feel like it's been a week, too many weeks since I've done a flare for you. Yes, you need to do that all the time. Thank you for showing your shirt off a little bit there. Thank you, yes. Ghostbusters, you'll get there. We'll all get there eventually. <laughs> well, if people have answered the would you rather, then they, they know a little bit. There's going to be a reference. That's yes, true. Yes. That's true. That's true. I found some background info from an interview. Yes. In 2015, this book originally came out in 2012. So this interview, it's it's like us being late to the party. But this interview uh, was from AliceReads.com. And they ask, what sparked the idea for Anna dressed in blood? Was it the simple idea of a boy who is something like a ghost hunter or something else entirely? And Kendara Blake's answer just, it's just exploding with reasons why we love her on Fictional Hangover. <laughs> she says, honestly, it's gonna get sticky. <laughs> I just wanted to write something that featured blood and guts. I wanted to write about decaying bodies and stuff. Since this is the beginning of her career, she says, I hadn't written about that in a long time. I'd been doing mostly literary in my MA program. Plus, I wanted to play Silent Hill, but no one would play with me. Kendara Blake, we will play Silent Hill with you. we'll play Silent Hill. Yeah, we'll play Silent Hill. We will. We will be there. Would you rather watch Ghostbusters or play Silent Hill? Oh, play, watch Ghostbusters, please. (laughs) Have you seen my Vigo in my house? Yeah. You insult me. Excuse me. Have you seen... Of course I have. Multiple times. My Vigo and my autographed Winston. (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) 
I say to you, pa, good day to you, sir. Good day. (laughs) What are your initial thoughts on this book, Claire? We're having a real (laughs) important podcast. Oh, 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 now we're going to be professional. It's only taken five years. Uh, my initial thoughts late to the party this is a late to the party we, it's a book that we should have covered a long long time ago but the 10th anniversary is a fantastic opportunity to do that but also it is I'm late to the party because it's the first time I've read it the amount of times I have loaned it from the library is bordering on ridiculous yeah I understand it's actually, that actually no it, it's ridiculous but it's it, it's bordering on ludicrous but the only reason I haven't read it yet is because there's always something else that's had to take priority. Please see all fictional hangovers. <laughs> Please see the 52 plus episodes we do a year. Yes. 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 And that's just 52 episodes, not necessarily 52 books. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if, if, some, if something needs summarising got to take the t- i've got to right? do it i know if something needs listening to participate in the discussion because that's a fictional hangover guarantee we will both have read the book yeah that's that's the yeah. rule that's the rule can't discuss it if you haven't read it um so it's something's always taking priority so yeah i mean to be fair the schedule quite often is us putting things on there because we want to read it <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's what it is 90 90- seven percent of the time yeah 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 it works to our benefit though so it really nice. does it really does and then we create fantastic monthly themes to force the opportunity to read the books that we want to read it takes a lot it takes a lot of work you don't know we have to put so much effort in to read the books that we want to read yeah ugh 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 it's fine. Well, and the 2024 book themes will come out soon as well. They will. I'm. And that's a that's a December release, so everyone has a it couple is. more days. But and everybody gets to guess. Well, what books did they want to read that has forced this theme? <laughs> Why on earth are do they have this theme? And then you'll oh. be pleasantly surprised. But then, if they remember our birthday months, and they check the theme against the birthday month, because you know, if it's your birthday month, you get to pick the theme. Then you, I just, I just, generally, I just flashed back to bad book birthdays. <laughs> oh, every time, every time. Um, anyway, yeah, so you get, you get, it's, it's, it's a fun game. It is. A what fun are your? Game. Can you remember your initial thoughts? I mean, it's so long ago. No. So so very long ago. No, I have no idea. I think that I read it for some awards. Or something, it was presented to me and it was like on this list of possible award winners. And I don't even remember what it was or if it won or why. But it was great. So my love affair with Kendara Blake started in 2012. Oh, that's sweet. I know. It's a romantic story. It also sounds really creepy and I'm sorry that I said it. But it's fine. I'm not. I'm it's not. fine. For the we love, love of a fuck. Creepy origin story. We do, but we love we... a creepy origin story. <sighs> yeah. Shall we crack Anyway, on? yes, please. Yes. 
Driving down a dark and winding road in the classic car he borrowed from his neighbor, Cass Lowood pulls over and picks up a hitchhiker with a greaser hairstyle who's just trying to get back to his girl. Cass has been planning this pickup for a while. It's the only reason he and his mom moved to this town. As the greaser talks about marrying his girl, Cass keeps an eye on the road, waiting for the bridge that's getting ever closer. As they approach, Cass grabs his knife, the athame that used to be his father's, and prepares himself. The greaser turns into a grisly ghost when they reach the bridge and attacks as Kaz stabs him with the athame, sending him on to... wherever it is that ghosts go when they die. When Kaz gets back home, his mom and her cat, Tybalt, are waiting. Kaz rinses the athame, then his mom takes over and cleanses it with white witchcraft, her speciality. It's time for them to move to the next city and find the next ghost Kaz is meant to destroy. Kaz's mom is, of course, worried about Kaz and the fact that he's about to be finished with high school and has zero college plans, but she also knows that Kaz has a mission. I love the fact that she is not pressuring him. Right? So, exactly. His mission is to kill ghosts and avenge his father who was a ghost hunter before him and who unfortunately was murdered by one of the ghosts he intended to dispatch. Kaz got a tip about his next mission, Anna Korlov. Anna, dressed in blood from an acquaintance, and now it's time to pack up their rental house and move again. They're all tat at moving now and soon they make it to Canada and their new home, Thunder Bay. That sounds so badass. <laughs> it really does. They... <laughs> They get settled in their house, letting Tybalt, the cat, in to search for ghosts first because cats are really good at that. But he seems fine in all the rooms, so they move everything in. He does get a little jumpy near the attic, but Cass's mom says that he's just playing and that there are probably just some sort of pests up there that they'll deal with later. They always let Tybalt check the houses out before settling in after a ghost pushed his mother down the stairs. This happened while Cass's father was still alive, but they've been doing it ever since. And Tybalt has never let them down. Good kitty. As they move in, Cass remembers getting the Anna case. He gets emails and letters all the time about all sorts of ghosts all over the place. But this one came from an acquaintance, Daisy, in New Orleans. He wrote the information in his own blood for theatricality, of course. <laughs> But when Kaz called and heard Anna's story, he knew he had to go after her. There are plenty of spooky sleepover stories about Anna, wearing a white party dress on her way to a school dance, and someone, maybe a jealous boyfriend, maybe someone from her boarding house, cutting her throat, soaking her dress in blood. Now she haunts the boarding house, killing anyone who goes inside. But there are never any bodies... Cass gets enrolled in school and spends his first day looking for and befriending the Queen Bee, because they always know everything and everyone. Thunder Bay's Queen Bee is Carmel Jones. Carmel is beautiful and popular and has an ex-boyfriend, Mike, who is a dick, or to quote Cass, the dickiest of dicks. <laughs> he comes by with his football bros, Will and Chase, to ask if Carmel is going to the Edge of the World party, aka the first day of school party, later that night. Kaz introduces himself to the Trojan Army, a name that pops into his head about these bros, and invites himself to the party. 
Carmel offers to drive him. After school as he's walking home, Kaz feels someone following him. He reaches for his acme before realising the person following him is alive. His name is Thomas and he has known that Kaz has been in town for 17 days. He's a psychic and has had terrible headache for all that time, knowing that Kaz is in town and that something bad is going to happen because of it. They go to eat sushi and Thomas tells Kaz he put the Trojan army thought into his head and that he shouldn't get involved with Carmel because Mike is a jealous dick. The dickiest of dicks. The dickiest of dick. Because Mike is a jealous dickiest of dicks. <laughs> but Kaz doesn't like being told all this stuff, especially when it's inside his head. He thinks of all the horrible ghosts and things he's done to force Thomas out of his head and keep him out. It doesn't really work. It does not. Later, after telling his mom he can't go into the attic to set traps for whatever is up there, Carmel picks Kaz up, and they go to the party. Everyone's there, trying to impress everyone else, and Kaz finds it pretty boring. Until, that is, Mike, Will, and Chase come over and try to freak Kaz out with the ghost stories. Specifically, the story (laughs) of Anna dressed in blood. It's really perfect. God, they're dicks. They tell him that after Anna was killed, she came back to haunt her house. When it sold after her mother had a heart attack, she gruesomely killed the family who moved in, and now she pretty much kills anyone who steps foot inside. Cass convinces Mike, Chase, and Will to leave the party and take him there. Carmel comes along too, of course. When they arrive at Anna's house, it seems that Mike and his bros are scared, but Cass is used to this. Carmel is getting freaked out, so Kaz tries to get the bros to leave, planning to come back later and take care of business. Instead, Mike and Chase get him inside and bash his head with a board and leave him for dead. Dickiest Dickiest of dicks! dicks. (laughs) (sighs) Luckily, he doesn't die, because otherwise this would be a very short story. But he's still in Anna's house. And then she flickers into existence on the stairs, dressed in blood and looking terrible. Or terribly gorgeous, if you, depending on your opinion. She comes near Kaz, who is barely conscious, but he smiles up at her when he sees her and says her name. She then thrusts her arms through the window, yanks Mike back inside and literally rips him in half. She turns away as someone comes inside and drags Cass out. Cass wakes up at Thomas's. He and his grandfather, Morfren, know about Anna. Morfren even knows when she's killed someone and can tell that something's changing about her. He's also the one who told Daisy to tell Cass to come. They've got to figure out what to do about Anna, but first, Cass has to take a shower. Then they've got to go to school. They see Carmel, who is shocked that Cass is still alive, and they plan to meet up at lunchtime with Will and Chase to figure out what to say about Mike and what to do about Anna. Mike is easy. The group plans to tell the police, or anyone who asks, that they were at a party and went driving around. Then Mike got mad about Cass and Carmel, so he left and started walking home, and they haven't seen him since. Shrug. Anna, however, will be slightly more difficult. Will and Chase want to kill her, but, uh, guys, she's already dead? (laughs) 
Kaz doesn't reveal that he's a ghost hunter, but Thomas suggests that his grandfather might be able to help. They plan to go see him later that day. Kaz tells Thomas to keep them busy while he goes to Anna's. At Anna's house, Cass first encounters Mike. Well, Mike's ghost, but not his body. He tells Cass, after a pretty great Jesus joke, that once they're there, they can never leave. Then he rips in half again and tells Cass that it only hurts for a minute before oozing through the floor. Um, yikes. <laughs> Anna appears then, dripping with blood and terrifying, but when she sees Cass's athame, she becomes her normal self, or, you know, as normal as a ghost can be, and asks his name. They have a relatively normal conversation, nothing about grisly death anyway, but then she tells him to leave, because for some reason, she can let him leave. He says he can't leave without her being back in the ground and that it'll be peaceful. Well, she wasn't ever in the ground, and she doesn't deserve peace after what she's done. So she throws him around a little bit and slightly transforms while yelling about not ever wanting to be dead. She throws him out of the house, so he has to come up with a new plan, because whatever it was that he just tried then did not work at all. No. No, it did not. (laughs) So after that giant failure getting his ass handed to him. Kaz steers home from school the next day and his witchy mother makes him a restorative tea bath while soaking or brewing, perhaps, if it's a tea bath. possible. (laughs) He decides to call his dad's old mentor and family friend Gideon. Right after Kaz's dad died in Baton Rouge, Gideon and Kaz's mom cleared the house, but Kaz found a black cross with snake hair on it in the fireplace. When he saw Gideon, he slapped him across the face. Extreme reaction. Apparently, this cross was used in voodoo, and Gideon and Cass's mom don't want him to have anything to do with that, especially since he was just a kid at the time. Now Gideon suggests doing research into Anna's death because she seems to be more powerful than just a regular ghost, so they need to figure out how and why. Is the house powering her? Gideon will help prepare a spell for Cass to do in the house, but he'll need a black witch to help. So Kaz will need Thomas or Morfan for that. When he gets out of the bath, Kaz is shocked to see his mother in the living room eating cookies with Carmel. She brought him a homework assignment that they're supposed to work on together, so he suggests going to the library. But first, he needs to talk to Thomas. Carmel tells him that she doesn't believe anything that Thomas and Morfan told them the night before when they were distracting them and insists on going with him when Thomas drives by to pick him up. But... Cass doesn't let her go. Cass asks Thomas and Morfran about gathering supplies to help with the spell that Gideon is working on, and they agree. He prepares himself for his future. If he's able to stop Anna, he'll finally feel prepared enough to go after the ghost who killed his father. At the library later, Cass and Thomas meet up with Carmel. Cass sits to do his homework with Carmel while Thomas goes off to search for information on Anna. Just after finding Anna's obituary, two police officers arrive to ask them about Mike and let them know he's missing. Oh no! Oh, Mike is missing! Shock. Carmel smoothly lies, telling them the story they devised and they leave. Kaz ends up stealing the obituary after looking at it longingly. He has confused feelings about her after all. She was very pretty when she was alive and she didn't kill him twice. That's kind of a big deal. That is, that's an endearing feature. Does not try to kill you. Twice. Twice. 
After waking from a nightmare where Cass thinks a grisly, smelly, murderous, man-eating horror is floating above him, he decides to go to Anna's house. When he walks through the front door, he plummets suddenly into the basement somehow, and he doesn't land on the ground. He lands on a pile of oozing bodies. Nice. Disentangling himself, he goes back upstairs and feels completely comfortable. Anna is nothing for him to be afraid of. She's acting like a regular old poltergeist, which he can easily handle. He finds a way back upstairs to the now totally normal haunted house and sits on the couch. It's just a normal pile of decomposing bodies. You can get them in Ikea. Yeah. Anna appears and they have an even more normal conversation this time about what she wanted to do before she died, about how Kaz is definitely holding back and killing her and that he also definitely can't kill her. She acts very human and even kind of girly. And Kaz moves closer. But then Carmel walks in. Ah, cockblock. Kaz takes his hand away from Anna's face as she transforms into her terrifying evil death goddess form. She doesn't want to become this horrifying thing, but she does, and Kaz needs to figure out why. Carmel is upset that Cass is having friendly chats with the ghost monster that killed her ex-boyfriend, so he tries to explain that, for whatever reason, he's safe in that house and he needs to find out more about Anna. Cass is upset that Carmel followed him there, and more upset when he learns that Thomas told her about Cass being a ghost hunter. He's even more upset when she calls him a ghost buster. <laughs> I'm not upset about that at all. No, no, I don't know why he's getting all these knickers in a twist, Mm-mm. though. Mm-mm. They go back to Thomas and more Fran's place, and Will meets them. He also calls Gideon. They eventually have a plan that involves them casting a spell that will make them safe from the house and make Anna reveal what happened to her. Kaz learned a little bit during their heartfelt conversation before Carmel came in that she was going to go to her first and only school dance. And then she was going to run away because her mother's husband was a creep and only married her mom to get to her. But then she was murdered. All she wanted to do was get away and maybe become a photographer not end up stuck there with a creep and running the boarding house. Hopefully with the spell and this ragtag group that can definitely not make up of the Ghostbusters, even though Kaz declares himself Peter Venkman and Thomas Egon, he'll find out what he needs to know to save Anna or, you know, kill her. Or, like, whatever. Eh. Or whatever happens to his ghost when he uses his Athamir on them. What does happen when he uses Athamir on them? It's a good question. Cass goes back home and is worried about his mom because he hasn't been spending much time with her during this ghost hunting trip. She has lots of mail for him about other ghosts and complains about being kept up all night because Tybalt is freaking out about whatever rodents are in the attic. Cass was supposed to do something about them right after they moved in, but he didn't, which makes him feel even worse about not helping his mom. She thinks whatever is in there is bigger than a rat. Maybe a raccoon? Anyway... She's been working on protection bags for them to wear while they do their Anna spell, and they're ready. Call an exterminator. Jeez. 
After a few days, they have everything they need to cast the spell to trap Anna. Thomas has learned the spell and they gather together to practice. Though Will thinks it's stupid. Kaz explains what's going to happen, that they'll do the spell and then he'll be able to kill Anna with his athamir. But Will thinks he's the one who should do it because Mac was his best friend. <sighs> what a dick. Kaz tries to explain that he's the only one who can do it, but Will doesn't believe it. To prove them that Kaz knows what he's talking about, he suggests they take their session to a real ghost. So Will takes them to see the police officer. He died in a hostage situation with a real road worker, but Kaz discovers after the ghost attacks that the two melded together. The fight is not easy, but Kaz is successful. Now they're ready to face Anna. Outside Anna's house, they circle up and start the spell, then carry it inside. Anna is worried about them coming in on account of her becoming a crazy monster when anyone steps foot inside, but because of the spell and the protection bags, they're fine. Anna knows they've come to set her free, which is nicer than saying kill her ghost. Uh, Murder. And she allows the spell to continue. When she's inside their circle, they watch as her last night plays out in front of them and this is pretty triggery so not not terrible but it ain't good enter with caution anna is about to leave for the dance in her white dress and she has all her belongings wrapped up in a bag because she's running away and never coming back her mother malvina is disgusted and her stepfather elias is excited and not in a good way Malvina demands that Elias take Anna upstairs and strip her of her dress but Anna and everyone watching knows what will happen if he is successful so she fights Kaz is proud of her even though he knows the outcome is terrible after Elias has Anna pinned Malvina comes into the room with a kitchen knife and slits her daughter's throat Kaz and Thomas immediately know she is a witch which explains why Anna and the house react the way they do Malvina cursed her daughter. After Anna is dead and disrobed, Malvina makes Elias get a different dress for her while she summons a demon. She asks the demon to take Anna's blood and suffering and trap her inside the house. Then she stabs a flaming knife down through the dress, pushing it into the house under the floorboards that are glowing with demonic power. It's awful. I think... I think that Malvina gets Worst Parent of the Year award. Um, decade? Century? <laughs> I meant like in fictional hangover time. She's the dickiest of dicky mothers. <laughs> dickiest of dicks. What a bitch. What a bitch. After they witness Anna's last night alive, their spell dissipates. Anna is in her scary form, but collapsed on the ground and very weak. No one really knows what to do after what they just witnessed. Should Cass kill her? Should they even care? Carmel seems very worried, but then she shouts at Cass to watch out. Will is coming for him, or more specifically, his athame. Kaz and Carmel don't want to hurt Anna. Thomas is unsure, but Will definitely wants to kill her. Kaz tries to convince Will that he will be unable to kill Anna because his athame is powered by his family's bloodline and only he has the power to dispel ghosts, which may or may not be true. 
<laughs> they fight, and Will manages to leave without killing Anna, but he still has Cass's knife. Oh. Fuck. After Will leaves, they check on Anna again, and then Kaz gets an idea. He goes over to the spot in the floorboards where Anna's dress should be and tries to break through. Thomas helps by getting a crowbar and tire iron, and together they rip up the floor and find Anna's dress. Kaz puts it on her and she changes between her scary form and her regular form, the dress morphing between being new and white to being red with blood to being black with age. It finally resets itself to fresh whiteness. With the dress on, Anna is restored and is able to walk right through the front door. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did, did, did they just release a terrifying, monstrous ghost into her? <laughs> oh. Whoops. Ooh, whoopsie. Out on the porch, which is as far as Anna went, Cass checks on her while keeping Carmel and Thomas back. Anna assures them she won't hurt them because she feels sane now, which seems to be a pretty good thing. Cass decides they need to leave to get some sleep, but promises to come back soon. Cass wakes from another nightmare where a huge terrifying man with a Cajun accent is screaming at him about losing the knife. When he wakes, Tybalt is there again. Cass thinks his brain is feeling really guilty about losing the knife, so he had a bad dream about it. Unable to go back to sleep, Kaz and Tybalt go down to the kitchen and drink coffee. Well, Tybalt doesn't. Kaz's he's a cat, Claire. Later. He can't drink coffee, he's a cat. Says who? Vets? People with animal knowledge? Kaz's mom wakes later and joins him at the table, asking what happened the night before. He tells her he lost the knife and broke Anna's curse, but didn't do what he was supposed to do and kill her. His mom is not so sure that that is what he was supposed to do at all, so anyway. maybe he was just supposed to stop her from killing others, and maybe now he needs to go back and check on her. That would be a good idea. Anna is outside in the sunshine when Cass goes back to see her. They talk about his knife and how she can tell he didn't bring it with him. And he tells her that Will stole it. She shares that she felt a pull to it, like she was supposed to go to wherever it would make her go, and that Cass isn't the only one who can kill ghosts with it, because it has a dark power. Cass only uses it for good, though, and wants to get it back. They go inside the house and it seems more like a regular dilapidated old place instead of a haunted house that it was only the day before. It is definitely still haunted though. Anna shows Kaz that she can willfully become the death goddess version of herself and tells him that it makes her feel safe, which, you know, he understands, but then a door slams and the ghost of a vagrant she disemboweled appears. He laments that all he wanted to do was sleep and then all his insides tumble out. Anna feels bad about the literal pile of bodies in the basement, but decides she needs to stay there because she deserves it. Kaz promises to go see Thomas and Morfran, who will know what to do about exercising her house. You've got to sage that shit. Uh, yeah. At the very least. Yeah, seriously. <sighs> I put I left in this really specific detail because the song is hilarious to me right now. But it's Kevin Bacon's fault. On his way there, listening to Paint It Black on the radio, a news bulletin cuts in about a body found dismembered at the cemetery. 
Cass goes to investigate and thinks that it was Anna who did it. He goes back to her house and tells her he's gonna have to end her if she keeps on killing people, but she swears she didn't do it. She hid, scared of the other ghosts in her bedroom all night. Kaz apologizes, not knowing what to do, but Anna tells him he's got to finish her because he's her way to atone for what she's done. She tells him to go find his knife. I would tell him something else, but you know. Kaz has more terrible nightmares featuring this smelly Cajun voice that makes Tybalt's tail puff and still assumes it's just residual guilt about Anna or his missing knife or a combination. So he's tired at school the next day and falls asleep in class. He meets up with Thomas at his locker and is freaked out about the dismembered guy, thinking it's Anna. But then Carmel joins him and she thinks it's Anna too. He insists that's not and gets all blushy telling them that he's gone to see her. As they plan to ditch the next class and go for pizza to talk, Will comes up and punches Cass in the face. Dickiest of dicks. He tells Cass that he's going to kill Anna and threatens to cut Thomas, but Carmel steps in front of him. It seems that Thomas's longtime crush that has been happening the entire book and beyond is finally being reciprocated. Yay! Yay! Will leaves, and so do Cass, Thomas, and Carmel. They've got to come up with a plan to get his knife back. On the way to his house, Cass and Thomas talk about Cass's obvious feelings for Anna. Then, inside, over hoagies, they talk about maybe Cass sticking around instead of moving off to fight another ghost. It could be good to stay in one place for a while with friends and a ghosty girlfriend. After this discussion, they devise a plan to get the Athame back. Carmel will start a rumor about Will carrying a weapon, so he'll leave it at home. Then they'll go inside while everyone is gone the next day and take it back. Easy! Yeah? Yeah! Totes! Totes easy. No, No, nothing's ever that easy. Nah, no. Not dog. Not dog. Not dog. As Thomas and Kaz sit in the car down the street from Will's house, Carmel calls to tell them that he and Chase didn't come to school. Shit. That's just great. Great. You think that Will realised that someone started the rumours and that he's just gone straight to Agana's to kill her. As they begin to head that way, they pass by his house and see the curtains drawn in one room. Kaz knows he's there, so they go inside using a key that Carmel gave them. Inside the room with the curtains drawn, they find Will and Chase dead. But they're not just like regular murdered they've been partially eaten fuck Kaz has only known one other person to die like this his father fuck <laughs> yeah is the ghost that killed him he in Thunder Bay 2 and if so how um dying fuck yeah yeah all the fucks Cass goes pretty much catatonic at this point, but they get to Anna's, followed shortly by Carmel. Both Thomas and Carmel want to fight Anna. Carmel even hits her with a bat, but it doesn't do any good, really, and it's kind of hilarious. She's like, just just hit me with a bat. 
Cass finally breaks out of his stupor to tell them about the ghost from Baton Rouge that killed his father by eating him. And then it clicks for him that the nightmares he's been having might not be nightmares after all. Cass doesn't know what to do without his knife, but Carmel says they've got Anna. And, well, she's a terrifyingly powerful ghost, so, I mean, that's, like, not so bad. Use your resources, dude, and a terrifying powerful ghost is one of them. Yeah. They decide first to go see Morfran, who can do a spell to help them track the knife. Then they'll figure something else out. When they arrive, though, Kaz realises he needs to tell his mother that the thing that ate her husband is here. So Thomas gives him his car keys and tells him to go get her. Anna goes with him, but when they get to her house, Anna can't get inside because Kaz's mom has warded it, so she waits outside. Kaz goes in and tells his mom everything that has happened. She decides they need to move out immediately and goes to Kaz's room to pack, but then Kaz spots the Athamir under his pillow. And then they hear the attic door open. Oh shit! Raccoons and rats Mm -mm. and whatever vermin in this world cannot do that. They don't have thumbs. They need to leave. No. No, get out. No. Get out. They need to get out. Now. Go. But they can't. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> the thing that killed Cass's dad is coming down the attic stairs. Shit. He's a man, well, a ghost, wearing a dusty suit with long dreads and stitches over his eyes. Oh. And something that looks like a snake in his fingers. He's been inside their attic the entire time, which means he was there when the wards were put up. So they have no effect on him. If only Kaz had gone up to set the traps. Honestly, honestly. Come on. Listen to Tybalt. Fuck. Ghostman comes for them, telling them that he's been there the whole time, returning things that stupid boys lost and eating cats. <gasps> wait, wait, no. That's not a snake. No. It, it's Tybalt's tail. No! Kaz is furious and lunges to attack the man with his athamir, but the man knocks them down the stairs. Anna's been pounding at the door the entire time and the man says she's what they came for and that they should end it. Then he pins Kaz to the wall and exhales something into his face, making him unable to move. Then he blacks out. Anna blows the door off the hinges, ready to fight. But the man says that if Anna's blood isn't on the Athamir by the next day, Kaz will be dead. His brain oozing out of his ears. No, thank you. That's an image. Nah, nah, dog. Nah. Nah, dog. Nah. Kaz wakes up at Thomas and more friends, just like after his first encounter with Anna. Everyone is there and pleased to see him awake. But Morfren has some bad news. The thing that ate his father and has now put a hex on Kaz is an Obia man. Obia is a kind of voodoo, but much more dark and powerful. When the Obia man ate Kaz's father, he absorbed his power. Because that's what Obia men do. Now, with that connection to Kaz and his father and their power, he has it too. And he's attached to the Athame. 
All of this is terrible. What's worse, though, is the hex. If Cass doesn't kill Anna, thus sending her power into the Obia Man through the Athame, then he will die. His organs are already shutting down. If he does kill her, the hex will lift, but the Obia Man will have Anna's power and basically be unstoppable. What are they going to do? They're going to fight on their own turf and pull a rope-a-dope. That's what Cass says anyway. I don't think his brain's working too well right now. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea. They go to Anna's house and prepare for their final stand. More Fran and Thomas secure the upstairs so they'll have a place to escape to, if necessary, and have plans to create a magical lure to get the bear man to come. Cass's mom, Carmel, and Anna work in the kitchen preparing portions and cleaning crystals to assist. Cass feels like he's dying. He and Anna go out to the porch and have a heartfelt moment with some kissing. <laughs> Kaz tells Anna he's going to lure the Obeya man there by killing her. But, you know, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. He's really just going to, like, cut her and bleed her, which sounds pretty horrendous. But, you know, remember, Anna's a ghost, so she'll be fine. They kiss some more and then go inside. Yeah, it's time to summon the Obeya man. Cass cuts Anna's arm, and the Obia man mists into the house. Thomas and Morfran begin binding him so he can't leave the house, and Carmel and Cass's mom are safe upstairs. Cass and the Obia man begin to fight, but Cass is deteriorating quickly. The Obia man slams Cass into a wall, and Anna is weak from the cut, so Carmel comes lunging in with her bat. She crashes it into the Obia man's head, but then he unhinges his jaw and bites into her leg, and it is awful. Cass stabs him inside the mouth with the athame, and Thomas comes to drag Carmel away. Things are not going well. But then Anna rises horrifyingly into the air and begins her attack. Yes! Anna and the Obeya man fight, and she's much stronger than he is. But then he bites her arm. Kaz comes in with his athame again and pries him off her. Anna tells Kaz to get everyone out because she's going to destroy the house. She smashes into the spot in the floorboards where her mother summoned the demon all those years ago, and the floor begins to glow. She pulls the Obeya man down inside the floor, but Kaz tries to get her out. She refuses to go and throws him outside, then continues to drag herself and the obey man down. With everyone else safely outside, the house glows red and implodes. Fuck! Later in the hospital, Cass thinks over the ridiculous story they concocted to cover up what happened. It's a bear attack! Of course it was. <laughs> a bear bit Carmel and threw Cass into a tree and everyone just believes it. (laughs) It takes Cass a little while to feel better, but his organs are no longer failing, so that's good. But he's sad because Anna sacrificed herself for them all. Thomas and Morfran went to check on her house, but it's completely gone. Thomas sits with Cass and asks him where he's going off to next, but he just smiles. Cass believes that Anna 
has opened a doorway to somewhere else, and he's going to try to follow, and tells Thomas that maybe he and Carmel can help. I really need to read book two now. I never read it. I never read book two after the the first one came out. I'm not sure why. Well, we'll get it in the schedule. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. We need another excuse for Kandara to come back. There's only like a million more chances to get Kandara on here, so it's it's fine. fine. It's It's fine. fine. It's fine. Okay, everyone go and listen to this promo for another podcast and then come back for our discussion. This is going to be great. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show. Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them. And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews. Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show. I love Anna so much. She is amazing. Are we just skipping straight to favorite character here? Yes. Yes. I feel like we need to. Okay, excuse me. A beautiful girl with long dark hair who transforms into a black-veined death goddess covered in blood? Say no more. There. Life goals. <sighs> Seriously. She's fucking amazing. And she's, like, nice. She's nice and horrifying at the same time. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's being a woman. It's true. You know? That's true. Do you want me on my good side or my bad side? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I freaking love Anna. And I'm sorry, Kaz, but you're not good enough for her. There, I said it. I said it. You are not good enough for her, Kaz. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, the age difference is a little bit of concern. Because, you know, Anna technically is a lot older than Yeah, me. but she died. Oh, so you, this is just going back to the whole vampire it conversation. It is. You know, about the age difference it is. thing. It is. But she but she died. So did Edward. And <sighs> Dracula and I know. all the other vampires in the world. But there's still is an element of, well, yeah, they're technically paused. Yeah. But if you ask what their year of birth is, it's a bit different. Yeah. I was born in the and 40s. It does, it, it's fine. But it does freaking suck because Anna's, like, her mom's a bitch. Yeah. What the fuck, man? And her stepdad is the dickiest of dicks. Yeah. Gross. Honestly. It's gross. Horrible. Ugh. And it's horrible. I've been listening to a lot of true crime stuff lately because I've just been having that urge. Yeah. And human beings are horrible. As yeah. a general species, yeah. we suck. I mean, you know, there's the other things about climate and general hatred and stuff. But the things that people do to each other are just absolutely awful. And it's horrible to think that what was done to Anna, 
has been done to people in real life and it's yeah. not right no. it's not no. right it's awful she never got to live her life and <sighs> yeah i can understand being pissed off and being a vengeful death goddess yeah but like she didn't want to do that it was no she the was demon. forced into it by a horrible mother and the demon yes but i can also regardless of if be the that being the cause because she was taken so violently so viciously by her own mother yeah i could i would turn into a vicious death goddess yeah sometimes you've got to get revenge um which convenient is this month's i know oh. it's shocking it's shocking really the reason why we <laughs> pick things um yes i really i really enjoyed the pop culture stuff in this book and that like Cass was just so sarcastic but everyone knows that i love a male protagonist in a book yes. it's one of my favorite things yes. um so i just really i i really liked it um and like all the ghostbusters comments because i love the ghostbusters and that he got mad about being called buffy and that <laughs> will's name is will fucking rosenberg like Obviously, the Buffy books were well in the making at this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then and then that makes me think, like, there was so much Ghostbusters in this book. Like, can there be a Ghostbusters book also? <laughs> can she please write um, Ghostbusters books? I, I insist that it happens. Please? Ghostbusters, well, please? I, wield, I insist it happens. <laughs> please? <laughs> Please? No, I, 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 I 100% agree. Get on your knees and start begging. Man, hold on. Yeah. Manifest. 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 Yes. Manifesting. Manifesting. Yes. Maybe we can. World. Maybe we can persuade her when we talk to her in the bonus episodes because sometimes we have that power. Sometimes. Sometimes. In small increments. I mean, to be fair, it would be timely because, you know, they're all making new Ghostbusters. Yeah, movies. they're making new Ghostbusters stuff and they're good. And yeah, if anyone could do it, so we could manifest. it would be Kendara. Yes. Can Do you have anything else that you really liked about the book that you want to talk about? Because I have something that I really hated about the book and I want to talk about it. I've got a feeling you're going to say the same thing as me. Um... <laughs> I, I I love the pop culture as well, again. I loved, like, Carmel and Thomas just being good friends to Kaz and not overly questioning the weirdness of the situation. I mean, less so with Thomas because he's, you know, psychic and comes from that kind of background. So he's there and going to accept it. But Carmel's, like, considering she's the queen, queen quote-unquote, queen bee of the school and you get, like, this... When I think queen bee, I always think mean girls, kind yeah. of. I, in, you know, in Kendara's world, Queen Bee leads me automatically to Three Dark Crowns because Three Dark Crowns was inspired by bees. Just throwing that out Well, there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but she's just like, oh, ghosts are real. My friends and ex-boyfriends are being killed by ghosts and you're psychic and we're going to do some magic now and you're a ghostbuster. Okay. Okay. Like just, you know, full on accepting. There's none of this messing around, which I appreciate because sometimes you're just like, it's happening, it's in front of you, believe your eyes. Yeah. So I really appreciated Carmel and she wasn't irritating because sometimes 
the like a female side character can be. Yes. When it's like a male protagonist book, sometimes yeah. it's just not right. But I think it helps that you know it's Kandara writing, right? It, so she can do that right. I uh, so I just really appreciated how much she'll be friends the cast, yes. and I just really like the characters. Like you know, obviously Anna's my favorite, um, but I really loved. Carmel and Thomas as well really appreciated them yes um, I especially loved I... um when Carmel when they're getting ready for the final battle and she's like telling Thomas why am I here like you're a psychic and a witch and a wizard and like there's a ghost and Cass's mom is also a witch and he's a ghost hunter and I'm just regular why am I here? And then she comes flying in with a baseball bat. <laughs> like, yes, you're amazing. Be- because you don't have to have magical powers. No. To be amazing. It's like not all heroes wear a cape. Yeah. You don't need a cape, Carmel. You've got something about you. Yeah. A giant bat and the will to, to wield yeah. it. Yeah. She was really good. So, yeah, she was fantastic. Um, I wonder how much Kaz's dad would want Kaz to continue in his footsteps. I mean, it's there's a lot of assumptions made about his father, it feels like, because we get it from Kaz's perspective. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of assumptions made and he doesn't necessarily know what the quote-unquote family business is, you know, what he's inherited from his father. Yeah. Also, there's nobody he, there to teach him. He was like seven, when his dad died. Yeah. So at least he took some time learning, you know, from Gideon mostly. And didn't kill a ghost until he was 14, I think it said. So yeah. he waited. He didn't try to go out there as, you know, a seven-year-old. Yeah. That well, would have been uncomfortable. That would not have been a good I, book. I, uh, I mean, it, it, of an age similar to my offspring... I can't imagine anybody. I I've I stood in the schoolyard today and watched them come tearing out, and I cannot imagine any one of them carrying a mystical uh, athame and then going to hunt down a ghost. Yeah, you no. know they'll get distracted by a football and go and play sports. Yeah, no. not go and kill ghosts. But yeah, I'm glad he waited. But I do wonder how much his father would really want him to follow into his footsteps. He, he was too young to have that kind of conversation with his father yeah. because I all. I got a reluctance from his mom. Yeah. Uh, his mom kind of like, well, kind of like fell in line with the the job and the moving. But I don't know, but with, a, with a certain sense of reluctance. Yeah. I'm glad she didn't pressure him into following in, her father's, in his father's footsteps. No, she, she was a pretty good mom. Yeah, it was nice. It was refreshing. It was. Um, and more friend too, also, even though he was grandfather, uh-huh. not actual father, because it's a parental figure. It's fine. Yeah. But also, she's not pressuring him into going to college and stuff. Mm-mm. But I don't know. Maybe he's. I think in her head, she would. She would like to pressure him to go to college. Yeah. And just have some normal years. Yeah. Before committing to the family business, I think if he if he said, "I'm going to go to college for four years. I'm going to get my degree." You know, I'm going to, you know, just absorb myself and being a kid and then have the college experience. I think his mom would absolutely freaking love that. Yeah. And, ex- and be more comfortable with him going out and being a ghost hunter because she knows that he's ha- at least had life. Yeah. 
And I think that's probably because his dad was eaten. Uh, probably. The... She wants him to have a life before his potential untimely death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I am deeply uncomfortable with his, you know, pining after Anna. And I'm sorry, you're not good enough for her. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming on so strong. So strong. Yeah, but then at the like, same oh, time, Kaz, come everyone's on. like, yeah, you're totes in love with her. And he's like, what? I didn't even, I didn't think I was being that obvious about it. Like, nah, dog. You were in love with you can, her. You can, like... you can see him scuffing his toe into the, the ground, can't you? Like, oh, no, no, I don't fancy her. Oh, my God, am I that obvious? Oh. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Can I ask a question? Sure. What's a hoagie? Oh, it's like a sandwich. But like a... Like a long sandwich. Like a silk base. Like uh, silk sandwich. yeah. Cool. I read that... When I read that bit, I was like, I don't know what a hoagie is. But it's a sandwich, obviously. But quite, I could go for a sandwich. I was very hungry and I was driving from... Like, finishing work driving home. So it was that yeah. sweet spot of needing a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. We should we should do surprises, and then I have to talk for a few minutes about uh, hatred. But I was surprised that no one really cared about Mike. Like, no one. Except no. for Will. But then, if you think about Buffy and Will being Willow, mm-hmm. then it, I think, I think that Will was in love with Mike. Yes. But also nobody cared about Will. No. Or Chase. Like fucking Chase was also there. Nobody cares about Chase either. I honestly forgot about Chase. Yeah. Except for when I... forgot about Chase. Except for when I sent you the text about what my autocorrects changed their names to. (laughs) Yeah. Chase. Oh, yeah. Will and Chase or Wooly and Chase. Chase is a character... If this was ever turned into a movie or TV series, Chase would be cooked. He would be written out. He would out. be the first character gone. Yeah, onto, or gone. he wouldn't even he, be in it at all. He would just be written right out. Oh, he he would never be... He wouldn't even be cast as a Mm-mm. character. Nah. No way. Nah. And I I hated Will. Posi- it's a positive thing I hated him. He's just such an arrogant prick. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, I will give him credit. He was upset that his friend slash potential crush was viciously murdered yes and i can appreciate him wanting revenge for the vicious vicious murder of his friend slash secret crush sure but he was an absolute dickiest of dick asshats yeah and like i i i don't know how i feel about the fact that kaz and carmel just kind of don't bother with the fact that Mike fucking bashed his head in with a board and left him to die. You know? Yeah. Like, he he deserved to get ripped in half because he literally just did an attempted murder. Yeah, yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, that's a crime. He did a crime. Yeah. Do a crime. Basic consequences. Yeah. 
Uh, don't do a crime, people. Don't do, don't do a, crime. a crime. That would solve all of the problems of the book if we didn't do a crime. Yes, it really would. I mean, to be fair, though, there'll be a lot of less literature in the world. There would be. Do you know what makes right. me want to do a crime? Is it the ha- absolutely humongous elephant in the room? The fact that the audiobook was terrible? Oh my god. I hated it. In absolutely hated the it. first eight, eight seconds? seconds. Uh-huh. He mispronounced her name. It's horrible. And... I wanted to die every time he said Athame. Oh. Because that is not how you say that word. And it is used a lot. The literally the first time he said it, I was like, a what? Athame. He means Athame. <sighs> I tried to give this book to one of my friends to listen to because she's listening to a lot of the books that we're covering on the podcast. And she's also um, witchy. She's a very witchy person. And so I thought, oh, you're going to love Cass's mom because Cass's mom is fantastic. And she was like, Amanda, I had to turn off the audiobook because he didn't say any words correctly and I couldn't handle it. And I was like, no, I know. And I support you in that. But you do need to read the book because it's good. It's horrible. I thought Carmel's name was Caramel. That's how he said the name was Caramel. And I can't even remember how he said uh, Morfran's name or um, the uh, Oberman. Yeah, the Obeaman. Obeaman. I can't remember how it was said. I think my brain has literally just... You know when you see a piece of paper that's got the redacted in there? Uh Uh-huh. It's like it's just redacted all of those horrible words uh-huh. out of my brain so I, I don't have to remember it. Yeah, just block it out. Like self-preservation. Yeah. And he couldn't do voices. No, oh my gosh. I hate that Anna is supposed to be Finnish and she sounded like some sort of weird, like, stereotypical Asian person. Oh, I was getting like stereotypical Russian, like in Soviet Russia, the dress is and it wears the dress on you. you know? No, oh, it was it just it wasn't good. And then when he calls Gideon and Gideon is supposed to be British, I was like, oh fuck, Claire's gonna turn the audiobook off. She's turning it off. If it wasn't for the fact I was probably driving at the time. I I and I wanted I need I'm stuck in traffic and I needed something to listen to. I probably would have, and it sounded extremely racist at times. It did, and it was very uncomfortable. So this yes. book, do you know what I'm concerned about? Because I keep a track of my books on Goodreads as well, and I give star ratings. And my concern is that somebody is going to listen to Anna Dress and Blood and give a rating encompassing the audiobook narration. Yeah. And, you know, I've been mean, thinking about your friends. If she was to go on Goodreads and go, I'm going to give it two out of five stars because it was rubbish. Yeah. But she's not giving the story. I'm not saying that she would. But yeah. I'm, she, she, I'm, I'd be worried that they would give... They would 
give justice to the story and just base the rating on the narration because yeah. it is a heavy influencer yes it's so bad I, I, I would love for it to be redone if if the book is getting a redo i would love can we redo the audio yeah that would be that would be fantastic um yeah because yikes it's up there with miss peregrine as being bad and i don't know which is worse yeah and percy jackson but that's the same guy yeah how did it get work i don't know they make it difficult to advocate for audiobooks i know i know but the book's great and Anna's fantastic. Yeah. Shall we move on to Would You Rather? Okay. With Kendara Blake. Or Kendare. Kendara Blake. Kendara Blake. Anth May. Pass me Carmel. She's got a bet. I'm so sorry, Kendara. I'm so sorry. Okay, but anyway. Okay. Um, I think everyone knows that Kendara is joining us for this one. But hey, hi. That's Since because you... you told everybody your creepy origin story and you're... Shut up, it's fine. Shut up, yeah. shut up, it's fine. It's fine. She's She knows about it, she's fine. You're doing a Kaz right now. You're denying I know. the love affair. I'm blushing. You're scuffing ah. into the... You're blushing, you're covering your face, you're scuffing with your, little, with your toe. You actually oh, figured that out? Oh my god, oh my god. really? Oh, oh. <laughs> I love him, so you shut odd. up. <laughs> it's fine oh calm down it's fine Anywho. okay let's go let's move on let's play this is potentially the most amanda question we've ever asked oh oh we asked on social media of the original ghostbusters would you rather be egon Rhea, peter or winston on facebook the winner was egon with 32 percent, followed by Rhea and peter joint and then winston on Instagram, Egon won with 67%, followed by Ray. And on on threads, Egon won with 67%, followed by Winston. So my main take from that is people don't like Peter. That's so crazy. I know. Because he's in is... movies. I mean, he's so, you know, he's like the charismatic one. But he's a bit of an asshole. He's the cool one. But also maybe the most useless scientist. So he's the he's the most useless. He's a massive misogynistic pig. Yeah, he, he he relies on the others to get the job done. Yes, yeah. but he is the charismatic one. I will grant you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does, yeah. you know, get the Sigourney Weaver in the end. Right. Anywho, we have to decide. Well, Amanda or has already decided. There is Let's no other option for me. There is no other option for you. Let's get some comments because that may help decisions. Bree on Facebook said, I'll pick Ray. He's the best balance of able to adapt to social situations, passionate as a personality, and also super smart. That's a good answer. Colin on Facebook said, I always wanted to be Egon when I was younger. Peter would irritate the hell out of me, so he's right out. As I've grown older, I think I'd like to be Ray. He's the most relatable of the fictional characters. I can't be Winston because I'm just not cool enough. <laughs> Coral on Facebook said, I mean, Peter got a pretty hot girlfriend that got possessed and had a great attitude about it, so <laughs> it has to be my heart always. I love that response. <laughs> Candy on Facebook said, Egon is my favorite and always will be, but I feel like my personality is totally Peter Venkman. Mm-hmm. 
Cody on Facebook said uh, Murray, but I don't have the shocker device. Lol. And then we have a comment from you, Kandara. Someone needs to want to be Ray. <laughs> Feel bad for him and he's so wholesome. But then Candace followed up with, I love Ray and would totally be him. He was so he was just so lagging in the early polls. He was really like, was. So I'm I'm pleased to hear that he staged such a comeback. Yeah. He did. He really did. Um however we finish off with Lorraine on Facebook who said, Egon has always been the love of my life. Oh Amanda, just get it out of the way. I have a lot to say about Ghostbusters because I'm obsessed with Ghostbusters and I have the life size Vigo the Carpathian on my wall upstairs. Obsessed. I have two answers to this question. One is the only real one, and that answer is Winston, because I used to pretend to be him when I was a kid. And I told Ernie Hudson that when I met him at a horror convention. I was like, you know, this is going to be really weird for me to say, but I used to pretend to be you when I was a kid. Obviously, we have some physical differences. (laughs) But... He said, you know, if I told people that I pretended to be you, they would think I was weird, too. So it's okay. And I have his signature. I have have his autograph upstairs. So I have to choose Winston. But the second half of that is I also love Egon because there is a photo from my father in the 80s or early 90s. And he looks fucking exactly like Egon and it's creepy. So I need to share that photo so everyone can see it because it's weird. Yeah, totally. It's weird. Yeah, I love um, the actor that plays Winston. You just said it, Ernie Hudson. The Ernie Hudson, yeah. Love him. He's so great. And like now, if you're watching the new ones with the original cast, like he's arguably the most successful. He is. He is running the show. So. I pick saw the new one once and I, I was just delighted, you know, obviously to see that it was a continuation and not like an utter reboot, but I don't remember. All I remember is that Egon had died, which was a huge bummer, but of course Harold Ramis had died. So yeah. I that's the way to go. But I don't remember what all the other guys were up to. But in the first movies, I mean, Ernie Hudson had some fantastic lines. Like he was so, you know... Yeah, he was the Ghostbuster that we all would have been had we come not from the science side and just like stumbled into this. Like, yeah, I still exactly. love that. What did he say? I've seen shit that will turn you white. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I love him. So I love good. him. He's an underrated Ghostbuster. Like everybody remembers Egon, Ray, and Peter, but not Winston. And it's he's underrated. It's not fair. True. Look, that Ghostbusters 2 is my first memory of seeing a movie in the theater. And it was the scene where they're underground and the ghost train goes through Winston. That's the first memory I have of seeing a movie, like, in the theater. So Ghostbusters is important to me. Oh, baby, Amanda's so (laughs) I know. Look at my little Stay Puft Marshmallow Man on my shirt. But Very he's nice. but he's fighting Godzilla, so it doesn't really we just we just cover up Godzilla. Stay puff is important <laughs> in this. Yeah, I love Godzilla too. You know, yeah. that'd probably be an adorable fight. Um yeah. Godzilla would get a few delicious bites in, but then I feel like, you know, they would just bond over being large 
They would. They would become they would literally bond because the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is hella sticky. Yeah. Yes. And he would just like stick himself yeah, to like, Together forever. <laughs> Come in for a hug, but you're going to have to eat me to get away. Yeah. Oh, you got to eat your way out. <laughs> yeah. Got to eat your way out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh. That's what terrified me in like Ghostbusters Afterlife, you know, when the, the, the little Stay Puft Marshmallow Men come to life. And I'm thinking, what well, if you've just eaten one of those? It's going to like fight its way out of your belly. Oh, but he's oh, been chewed up. It's fine. <laughs> Swallow him whole. Yeah, but it's, it's, he's like, in your stomach, <laughs> being digested, which is a process of sticking it back together and moulding it. And it's going to reform. It's gonna be a. I have a, these. It's gonna be I'm a sorry. marshmallow that, <laughs> that jabs its way out. What a great conversation Ew. this is already. Yeah, and then you've got okay. a whole different problem because okay, let's not go down there. Right, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rare because he ends up with a bookstore, and he's socially awkward, which I feel like I am. He talks too much when he's in those horrible socially awkward situations, which I do. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. And can't have like coherent thoughts, which is obvious. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's my answer. Nice. I'm not cool enough to be Egon. Nice. Very nice. What was your answer, Kendara? Oh. Did um, you just conveniently not answer it? Yeah, I totally <laughs> just got caught up in like hearing the poll results. And I thought that was, uh, I would be Egon. Yeah. Cool. Well, we just need to find somebody to be Peter, and we've got ourselves some Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 Like well, there was that girl in the comments. She said she's very much like Peter, so we'll just grab her, and it'll be fine. We'll be. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on. Carl would definitely play along. <laughs> would you rather be a ghost hunter, a psychic, a witch, or a practitioner of voodoo? <laughs> I'd rather be a witch. I mean, ghost hunting seems scary, and um, being a psychic just seems annoying. <laughs> you know, like people would be constantly bothering you for for information and like, help me talk to my dead husband. I'm like, no, I got a grocery shop. So uh, I, yeah, I I'm not. I don't think I'm cool enough to do the voodoo. So just a standard witch. Mind my own business. A kitchen witch would be nice too. Mm-hmm. Like as his mom. That's a cozy kind of witch that doesn't get into too much trouble, I think. Oh, well. Um, what are you going to be, Claire? Probably Ghost Hunter because we know how much I love ghosts and ghost stories and spooky things yeah and how much i love going on ghost hunts and i have never been scared on a ghost hunt yet yeah really oh yeah i was on one a couple of weeks ago and it was really interesting and that's probably the only time i've had anything quote-unquote paranormal happen and i didn't even sense it there was a photograph taken which i'm trying to get hold of and between me and somebody else is this weird shimmery mist thing that's very strange um i'm trying to get a picture a copy of that picture which is the the closest thing to a paranormal um happening that's ever happened to me 
And I've been on a lot of ghost hunts and ghost tours and things like that. So, yeah, just send us in there. I'll go and get rid of the ghosts. What Whatevs, man. I'll be like, Cass, totally chill. Get in my half of me, man. I, feel... I think Amanda's gearing up. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like, based on... I don't know, just just the general idea, which is probably, you know, completely incorrect. Of all of those, I feel like the most evil would be the practitioner of voodoo, even though that's oh. that's not that's not the answer. That's not. But no. um, but I think that I would like to do that. Maybe I would like to be a witch doctor. Mm. Yeah. And do some voodoo. You want to go down the Dr. Facilier route? Yes. A la Princess and the Frog. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Be a shadow man. Yeah, I like it. Or a shadow woman. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta wear a top hat. I was hat gonna say, can I wear a top a hat? Cane. Can I wear a top you hat? You gotta wear the top hat, can you gotta have you... The, 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 the tails if you want, and the cane. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. Dr. Facilia had, like, the look. Yeah. He had yeah. the, like. He was on point. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Fashion toward that pillow. <laughs> I was rooting for him, to be fair. <laughs> Honestly, you know? He's got goals. He worked hard. Exactly. He did. Exactly. He did work you. hard. And he used the resource that was around him. It's not his fault that there were evil spirits that wanted to devour other people's souls. Right? I mean, he balanced it perfectly well until that damn little frog came along. <laughs> Stupid frogs. Fuck that frog. Honestly. Frogs. Yeah. The, the, they're all ego. They can't be trusted. <laughs> They can't no. be trusted. No. You can't no. trust the frog. No mm -mm. way. I, I, I am honestly of the belief that amphibians need to be watched. I mean, hello, can live in water and on land. Really? Really? Yeah. Pick one. And then there's some that like are up in the trees too. So that's also in the air. Yeah. I... They're everywhere. They're going to take over the world. Definitely. <laughs> Jerks. Any Jerks. <laughs> Would you rather... Kill the hitchhiker ghost or the jerk spirit, which is not a frog in this instance, no. and his wife, or the police officer and the real road worker. I'm going to go with hitchhiker ghost. I like a, I like a, a good stereotype spook yeah. going on the bridge, and it was like a covered bridge in my mind, you know, old style covered bridge. Mm. Like you're doing like the Beetlejuice spin around. In the covered bridge. <laughs> that happens, and then all of a sudden, the headless horseman just rides by because, of course, yeah, it's a, co Everything it's a, happens it's a, in a covered bridge. bridge. Yes, yeah. and also, yeah. Nosferatu, you go through yeah, the covered bridge, girl. yeah, and you come out somewhere you just be else. Spinning around there with yeah. Beetlejuice, and then the headless horseman would come up from the back, and then Vic would come through from the front on her bike, and you'd just be like, yeah. okay, it's a party, really. Yeah. Covered bridges are a party. That's where that's where it's at. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like it. I like that idea. I didn't even think of that. I didn't picture a covered bridge. So, this is because I love the spooks. Yeah, you've just instantly you've just changed everything in my brain. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say the jerk spirit and his wife, because I feel like they deserve it the most. But I mean, if we're going to a party, a covered bridge party, then that's got to be the answer. I do love that ghost story, though. The the hitchhiker on the side of the road. That's a really good ghost story. It's classic. Classic. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, the only yeah. thing better, I think, is the woman in white, which... Anna is, so, yeah. Yeah. And there's always a grey lady as well. Yeah, yeah. Portents. Yeah. Well, and then there's, you know, that first episode of Supernatural does both. They combine the woman in white with the hitchhiking trope. Yeah. And so they've got the hitchhiking woman in white. So they just went all in from they the did. beginning. Like, they did. You guys didn't realize you were going to have... 15 freaking seasons <laughs> the hell come back nope cram it all into one episode <laughs> it did all not right. bury the lead mm, yeah um i could not do the hitchhiking ghost for the reason i i wouldn't be able to do it and control a car at the same time like that ghost and i would have to come to a complete stop you know in an approved parking space before i could get any work done uh, i'm not a good driver it's it would like mm-mm mm-mm so I'm going to choose the the cop slash hostage that combined because I feel like that's just such a crappy situation for that hostage spirit to have ended up in that I wouldn't I, I wouldn't feel bad about that one at all because it would be, you know, really just setting them free. Like yeah. wherever you go, it's got to be better than this. Yeah. Be free, slap. Yeah. Like, Cut yeah. off your hand. Grow Sorry. another one. <laughs> you got a backup. <laughs> okay. Next question. Would you rather witness Mike's ghost reenacting his death or the ghost of the homeless guy reenacting his? AKA, would you rather see someone ripped in half or see someone's insides tumbling out? Oh, easy. Easy. Because Mike. And Will and Chase, who everybody forgets about, are absolute dicks. dicks. Yeah, the dickiest of dicks. I give zero shits. Mike's ghost can go and do whatever it wants over there. I want to see the insides tumbling out. I thought you were going to say you would want to witness Mike's death because you hate him so much. (sighs) Nah, absolutely. You just want to watch it over and over and over again. Nah, nah, it's not worth my time. I'm not even going to take That's photograph as proof of the paranormal. You know what? Damn. He's basic. He's basic. Oh, he's, mm. he's a basic, basic bitch. bitch. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's my hell. He was. He was. He was very not not good. You know, like the bulliest of bullies, the yeah. dickiest of dicks. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would. I would also want to watch his death over and over, just because I feel like it's the showiest. You know, like splitting a person, woo, like that. That's flashy. It's almost like a curtain, you know, like a da-da-da, woo. And then there's like, you could like you could place them in front of like a TV before a movie starts. And then you could just woo, and then the movie starts. And it's like a, a mic curtain that opens for you. So I feel like there's a lot more to do with just a vertically split person. Than, yeah. You know, I would just have to feel really bad every time I watch The Homeless Man. Um because he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Like Mike, who who put himself there and then became a blood curtain. We Yes. Oh, blood curtain. That's the best. I, I, I can imagine you now as in the voodoo, like Top Hat, Tails and Kane. And then as soon as Mike comes out, you're like, you know, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my good time gal. And then I have oh, a dancing a frog with me as well. Because... For you as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, and to just tie like this whole episode together because you know, yeah, just 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I could bring Mike, you know, with, and like cue it. And then there'll be Amanda in full facilier. Yeah. Louis. Uh-huh. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm at the side with the lighting, getting it all right. Yes. Great. Good. Good. You're just off to the side, not being afraid at all. Because I'm taking the pictures, so like, then I become the fam- the famous paranormal investigator. Paranormal, paranormal That's what Claire says. It's the only the only thing Mike is good for is proving that ghosts are real. He's a dick. In curtains. Yes. Because he's the dickiest of dicks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Mike curtain too. I mean, re- regardless of your fantastic idea of him being a curtains. I, I would have picked him anyway, but I mean, you just sold it. You sold it. <laughs> Yay! I yeah. should have him come back in like future future books. Just you should. Just at the start of every book, I should just open every book yes. with a white curtain. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm now trying to figure out how Amanda could get this uh, the the highlight reel that she always does for an episode and opens up. With, with the, the corpse being ripped in half, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna work on that. We'll see. Laying down the challenge. There we'll we go. see. We'll see what happens. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can do last it. Last question. I know you can. I believe in you. Good luck. As a person who is not Cass, would you rather encounter Anna or the Orbi Man? I mean, I think there's only one answer, really, for me. Please see our discussion where we get a bit obsessed over Anna. (laughs) I just want to be her. Man, as a person who's not Kaz, I feel like it can only go badly no matter what you choose. Yes. Yeah, it's it's just going to go badly. So, I mean, do I want to be... You know, like have my neck broken and my insides torn out, or do I want to be eaten? Mm, good question. I guess I'd I'd want to encounter Anna. I feel like she'd give me a cleaner death. I don't want to be like, you know, like just devoured in big bites. That sounds. Also, he's very smelly. I, he he does not have a good mouth odor. Mm, yeah, he's definitely got halitosis. He does. Yeah. yeah. But he does have really nice straight white teeth, so yeah, I, mean, you know, I mean consider his diet, his it's his breath is going to be not fabulous. Yeah. He's just had a kitty appetizer. Do you really want to be the main course? No. 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 R.I.P. Tibbot. No. R.I.P. Yeah, I wanna encounter Anna too. I yeah. mo- mostly because of the smells. Is that so you can steal our dress so you, for the cosplay? Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. I would think I would try to make friends with her, and it probably would not end well. But, you know, then I could be hanging out with her in there as a ghost. And when I come yeah. back constantly, because, you know, they, mm-hmm. keep, they keep coming back, I'll just be like, hey, I'm not going to haunt you. I'm going to be your friend, whether you like it or not. And then I'm going to blush, and I'm going to, you know, rub my toe in the girt and be like, oh, I just really mm-hmm. like you. Yep. If you go with a copy of the Ghostbusters movies, uh-huh. the Buffy box set, yes. the Supernatural box set, yeah, Back to the Future box set, yes. and go, Anna, we need to bond and you need to watch these. Yeah. And then by the time you've done that, you know, year of watching, mm-hmm. you'll be BFFs. Yeah. 
Doing yeah. it. Sharing clothes, doing each other's hair. Yep, doing it. That's a good idea. You know, you've got to play the ghostly long game. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Don't we've got forever. Just the, I mean, I was being very short-sighted just thinking about my own imminent death. But you <laughs> you saw beyond it. Like, there are possibilities. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 Go I mean, I, I, lemonade, you know? <laughs> makes lemonade out of lemons. That's... Yes. That's what I'm doing. And it's yeah. fine. Okay. So that's the end of Would You Rather. Very nice, tidy ending. Okay. Favorite final thought quote. I love Kendar Blake. I'm gonna I love her. You... Sorry. I'm Favorite gonna... final thought quote. No. Go on. No, if you want to gush. No, it's no. fine. It's fine. It's a bit more. I... It's fine. No, it's Are you fine. sure? Yeah. I... You sure? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. But we do look. We do. Pro- probably an unnatural and healthy amount, but yeah. Anywho. Yeah. I'm going to give you three. Okay. Only the dickiest of dicks would refuse to shake my hand, and I have just met the dickiest of dicks. Of course, you have to go with dickiest of dicks. This one, I this one, the next one is, am I saying it or is it from the book? I won't think of it, and I'll make procrastination my new national pastime. <laughs> that does sound like something you would say. And I absolutely adore this one. Had me absolutely in kinks. <laughs> Slamming doors and smashing plates. Anna is acting like a common poltergeist. How embarrassing! How embarrassing! <laughs> it reminded me of Sixteen Souls and how actually, if you acted like a poltergeist, like whoa, that's amazing. Yeah, for no. a short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, no. It's like oh, oh, oh no, love, don't do that. Don't. Anywho, there's a lot more, but I'm just going to give you those th- top three because. Sure. Mwah. Yeah. Mwah. Give me yours. Give me, give me, give me. When you invoke a demon, you don't get to decide the specifics. Damn it. I scratched my plans for Friday night. <laughs> I'm trying to stay positive, which is strange as I tend to brood. That again? Life or book? <laughs> followed shortly thereafter by I have to do something and sometimes that means being an asshole again Amanda (laughs) the book quotes not life quotes (laughs) my head is not healthy enough for smart assery (laughs) oh that's relatable (laughs) I believe I said to you earlier today my brain is not braining there it is I say that all the time (laughs) now my head is not healthy enough for smart assery I think it's fine. <laughs> I'm really surprised that you didn't pick this one. What is it about the side of your mother that makes everything fireside warm and full of dancing Muppets? So you think it's going to be really sweet and then there's Muppets involved? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Maybe it's because I I never wanted to be this tragic. (laughs) I've been obeyed by an obeyed man. Is that like how the Smurfs say they're smurfing smurfed all the time? Yes, that's precisely it. (laughs) Don't get too excited. So excited. I'm going to get you a little bit. We need to stop this. We do. We We do. God, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. (laughs) 
If you liked this, try this. What are you going to suggest? I'm going to suggest one that as I was just looking around on Tinternet web and I found this one and I thought it sounded quite fun. Um, and it, a bit revengey. And it's called The Dead Girls of Hysteria Hall by Katie Allender. And summary from Goodreads. In this asylum, your mind plays tricks on you all the time. Delilah's new house isn't just a house. Long ago, it was Piven Institute for the Care and Correction of Troubled Females and a sane asylum nicknamed Hysteria Hall. However, many of the inmates were not insane, just defiant and strong-willed, which, you know, in real life is the, the correct situation of what happened with these persons. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of girl like Delia herself, but the house still wants to keep troubled girls locked away. So in the most horrifying way, Delia gets trapped. And that's when she learns that the house is also haunted. Ghost girls wander the halls in their old-fashioned nightgowns. A handsome ghost boy named Theo roams the grounds. Delia finds that all the spirits are unsettled and full of dark secrets. The house, as well, harbours shocking truths within its walls. Truths that only Delia can uncover and that may set her free. But she'll need to act quickly before the house's power overtakes everything she loves. And I thought it sounded quite similar in some respects to Anna Dressenburg. You've yes. got your haunted house, you've yeah. got your secrets, yeah. you've got your strong-willed females, you've got your ghosts, you've got your, oh, look, he's handsome. Yeah. Potential ghosty romance. It sounds quite fun. Um, so, yeah. Nice. The Dead Girls of the Studio Hall. What have you got? I'm going to suggest I Hunt Killers by Barry Liga. And it also has, you know, similar-ish vibes, except not. (laughs) What if the world's worst serial killer was your dad? Jasper... This podcast. Yeah, really. Jasper Jazz Dent is a likable teenager. A charmer, one might say. But he's also the son of the world's most infamous serial killer. And for dear old dad, take your son to work day was year-round. Jazz has witnessed crime scenes the way cops wish they could, from the criminal's point of view. And now, bodies are piling up in Lobo's Nod. In an effort to clear his name, Jazz joins the police in a hunt for a new serial killer. But Jazz has a secret. Could he be more like his father than anyone knows? Tenuous link. I went with the uh, take your kid to work day, father son team ups. That's that's what I went with. Also, you know, and blood and blood, lots, lots of, blood. of blood. Yeah, yes. Also, it came out a long time ago, so it's a uh, late to the party. Do we have a new slash spot? Yes, we do. This one is not coming out until April of next year. It's called mm-hmm. Something Kindred by sierra birch welcome to cold water come for the ghosts stay for the drama <laughs> hashtag tenuous link i love that line we don't even know anything else <laughs> jerrica walker had planned to spend the summer before senior year soaking up the sun with her best friend on the jersey shore instead she finds herself in Coldwater, maryland a small town with a dark and complicated past where her estranged grandmother lives someone she only knows two things about her name and the fact that she left jerica's mother and uncle when they were children 
But now, Jerrica's grandmother is dying, and her mother has dragged Jerrica along to say goodbye. As Jerrica attempts to form a connection with a woman she's never known and adjusts to life in a town where everything closes before dinner, she meets Ghost Girl, Cat, a girl eager to leave Coldwater and more exciting than a person has any right to be. But Coldwater has a few unsettling secrets of its own. The more you try to leave, the stronger the town's hold. As Jerrica feels the chilling pull of her family's past, she begins to question everything she thought she knew about her mother, her childhood, and the lines between the living and the dead. Ooh. Ghosts! Ghosts! Hashtag Daniel's link. Blood lines between living and dead. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Unfamiliar Volume 2 by Haley Newsome. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and YouTube at Fictional Hangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictional hangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.